For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Why, hello there. Uh, News Talk 550 KTSA, seven minutes after nine. Holy crap, it's already Wednesday. It's already Wednesday. <laughs> Isn't that great? I just made you smile, didn't I? I just made you thought it was still damn Tuesday. It's damn Wednesday already, man. Which means tomorrow's Thursday. Uh, sorry, uh, 210-599-5555. Well, uh, you know, the holidays are all over now, and I'm, I'm kind of in that after-holiday place, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, it's all over. We need like a buffer holiday, you know what I mean? So like this weekend is kind of like the buffer weekend, you know? It's, this weekend we can just kind of take it easy and come down off the holiday buzz, if you if you will, and uh, and get about the, the business of... A new year. One of the things that we're dealing with is uh, watching what the House is going to do. They, they've they had three failed votes on who's going to be Speaker of the House. Uh, you had 19 guys uh, voting against uh, Kevin McCarthy. I think all of them were voting for Jim Jordan, who doesn't want the gig. McCarthy had already moved his crap into the office. <laughs> it's a, kind of a weird little sitch. And then he had this guy out of Florida, Byron uh, Donalds, who is a, a new congressman who uh, uh, voted at the last minute, voted against McCarthy and voted for Jim Jordan. That brought the count to 20, so now they got to wait. Uh, they're all, you know, and as Trey pointed out on Where and Rima, you know, where the, these guys like Chip Roy, who I have a lot of respect for. I mean, that's a Chip Roy's a badass man, and they're trying to get this guy McCarthy to agree to some things before they they go ahead and vote. Uh, they'll pick it up again today around 11 a.m. our time. Isn't this fascinating? Do you care? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um, all I'll say is, and this came up on Warren Rima, and this was my initial thought yesterday watching this, Jim Jordan doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. Why would he want to be Speaker? Why would we want? Well, first off, you know what? They don't want Jim Jordan, and they know that Jim Jordan's not going to doesn't want the gig, and so voting for him is just delaying the process. It's almost a statement. Okay, these 20 people voted for a guy they know doesn't want the gig. Uh, because they're pr- trying to put pressure on this McCarthy dude, and and I get it. It's all politics. It's all political. And you want Jim Jordan, as we said earlier, you want Jim Jordan uh, running all these investigation investigative committees. That's where he's going to do the most good. But you know, this is the this is the political game, and so again, I don't know to what extent uh, th- this is important to you or you're following it. That, that's kind of more what I'm curious about as to whether or not, uh, this is something you're, you're following closely or do you sort of figure oh, one way or the other, it's going to be an establishment person, uh, in that position of speaker of the house, uh, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um, the, the other story I'm following is that I guess the mega millions, there was no major winner yesterday in the mega millions. Oh, Elaine's still here. Did you get your Mega Millions? You can get your Mega Millions ticket. It's for the the big, I guess, uh, the biggest prize. I'm not sure what it is. We had a bunch of people who won a million dollars each. Now listen to this. Players in Maryland, Texas, and Virginia won a million bucks. Baby, I got a Mega Millions ticket for last night sitting on my desk at home, and I have not checked the numbers yet. And you know what? I live in Texas. I'm kidding. They probably already know who the hell it is. But what if it was me? <laughs> what if I won a million dollars, James and Don? What if I was suddenly a millionaire? You'd still be getting surgery in February. Well, you're right. 
Might upgrade the room a bit. <laughs> I want two TVs. A millionaire. Then the second thing, I make the call to Greg. Yeah, I'll keep doing the show, but I want it to start at noon. <laughs> no, no, I want the morning show to start. I want Ware and Ryan to start at noon. That's that's fine. I'm pretty certain it's not me. Um, let's see. Uh, beyond the political stuff uh, with the Speaker of the House, and uh, again, another day of. Uh, Political uh, uh, shenanigans and, and dancing, if you will, today. Um, the, the the other thing I saw was you see in video, additional video now of this, this schmuck uh, who killed these four college students in Idaho. Um, he's a little taller than I expected him to be. He's kind of a, it looks like a bigger dude. Uh, but certainly he is a schmuck. Uh, I think he fits perfectly into the schmuck category. I don't care how freaking smart he is. I don't care how much he studied. I don't even know what the hell's going on here. He's waived extradition. He wants to see, obviously, what's in the what's in the charging papers, which he can't see until he gets back to Idaho. Um, I still think he thinks he's playing some clever kind of game here, and maybe there's something else that we that hasn't happened yet that we're unaware of. But that having been said. Okay, the schmucks of the world. You know, that's one of my favorite words, schmuck, which is, I believe, a Yiddish word. It's, 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 uh, it describes guys like this. This guy, he, he, you know, is, is a freaking loser. This guy, you know what? And, and it, one of the things we heard early on is that he was bullied. First off, I wish grown-ass adults would stop using the word bully. <laughs> it's a kid's word. It's always been a little kid's word. But this schmuck apparently, you know, was picked on by some girls in uh, when he was in school, and uh, you hear that stuff, you know, here and there. And I'm look, I'm not saying that bully, getting bullied, you know, doesn't suck, and it's probably uh, you know on hyperdrive these days when it comes to social media and the online experience with kids and all that stuff, bullying each other that way. I, I get it. But, you know, this this idea that everybody who gets bullied is, you know, then somehow, you know, you're setting somebody up to go do a bunch of killing someday. We need to get over that crap. Uh, you know, I, I there, there was a time I was, look, up until the point when I got into middle school, you know, we moved around uh, because of my dad's job. So I was the new kid in school every year for most of my elementary school years, all the way up to like sixth grade. And I was small and I was nerdy and I was socially awkward and I got picked on a lot. Did it make me someday want to kill a bunch of people? No. Here's what I did, and I'm just saying, because this is honesty, because these schmucks who, who they get picked on, and then what, they got to do something freaking horrific later on in life to prove something to somebody? You know what I did as a result of, of getting picked on? I developed a sense of humor, because I realized if you can make the freaking bully laugh, they're less prone to want to hit you and kick your ass. <laughs> And here I am. It turned into a wonderful career. Now I get to bully him back on the radio. I'm just saying this guy is a schmuck. Uh, if he's guilty of these crimes, because we, we still have to say allegedly, I hope they fry his ass. You know, it's a, it's a death penalty state. Fry that schmuck's ass, man. Put him on the griddle. What a piece of crap that dude is. Uh, 210-599-5555. You pro-death penalty? Let me hear it. Uh, here's, uh, in, just in general, I got another death penalty story coming up later. Happy Wednesday. It's James. James, how are you? Good morning. How are you today, sir? Great, man. What Good are you morning. thinking? Listen, you know, you were talking about McCarthy earlier, the House Republicans. Right. My issue, my issue is now, do we really have anybody in our government that's going to help us? Because the, the Republicans should have had this re- issue resolved so that when, uh, when the time came, they were ready to go. Right. This just shows that they're still incompetent, and they're not doing what they need to do in order to fight 
the enemy. And the enemy keeps doing stupid stuff to them, and the Republicans keep getting blasted because they're never ready for their attacks. You know what? And, and I said this, do. well, I, when, when Trey and I first were talking about this earlier, I said this. One of the things optically about yesterday that I think was reinforced is what you're talking about in that every single Democrat voted for their choice, for their person. Every single Democrat. All ships sailing in the same direction. Okay? And once again, Republicans are scrambling and they're divided and they're they're going back and forth. They're, you know, And you're right. Optically... And even in practice, Republicans are never ready for the show. They're never ready for the fight. They're always never. divided. Uh, you know, they're always uh, having issues within. And I think you, again, that, that, every, that little dance yesterday just kind of, uh, uh, I think, reinforced that idea. Yes, it did. And I think that um, if they continue doing this, then we're going to be even in worse trouble, even though we're starting to pull out those that damage this country right. intentionally. Then uh, the Republicans that are in office right now, they, they have a moral duty to take and straighten this mess out. But they don't seem prepared for it. And if they're not prepared for it, then what the hell is going to happen to the United States? That's I agree. Question. I'm looking at our grandchildren, I'm looking at my grandchildren, and I'm looking at China is still uh, educating their children in physics. Yep. I know this for a fact. I'm a pastor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, their kids, are, their kids are very well educated, extremely well educated. They're dumbing down ours. Yeah, here, here it's the opposite, right. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying. And the, and the reason why they're doing that is because they're planning on coming in and defeating us later on. There's no other reason for that. They're dumbing down everybody here in the United States, right. our children and everything else, but they're making other folks smarter and giving all of our money away to other people. I agree. Folks, Screwed that's up. That's nothing but us being taking us down. Yep. And that's I... all I got to say. Thank you. Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. Yeah, man. New song, 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. This is my dumb little show. The phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. We was talking about politics and uh, this uh, political dance going on right now over the uh, Speaker of the House. Here's uh, Steve. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. And I got to tell you, I'm very, very proud of the 20 who are standing strong against McCarthy and the status quo, and business as usual, and promises, 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 all unkept. Right. I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Jordan for endorsing McCarthy because it shows me that he is, he is, he is weak and cracking in that one little area. The, so you the, think all Republicans the, should be supporting this guy? Who or, or, or the opposite? I'm sorry. No, not supporting him. I got I got that inverted. Not right. Not, not, if you look, if you want the status quo, right. if You want promises, empty promises, unkept. If you want to keep losing repeatedly, pounded by the Democrats, then put McCarthy in there, and right. we'll be right back where we were. But I, but I, I'll tell you, the reason that the Democrats are always in lockstep. It's very simple. They're like little lapdog sheep. The Democrat elite and their voters. The Democrat elite get their orders. This is what we're going to do. Sure. The Democrat elite and their voters, like little lapdogs, sit and roll over and lay down. There's Why? never any division. You're right. They're, they're always all saying the same things and voting the same way. Precisely. Right. But, but they are in lockstep, and yep. it's always the same because they care. More for party and 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 maintaining the the reins of power and control. They care more for their party that than they do the American people. The twenty strong Republicans who are holding firm and who I hope are victorious. I would put anybody in there but this guy right. because this guy represents 
what we've had, which is the same but, old, I, same I, old. I hate to say it, though. Don't you think at the end it is McCarthy? God, I hope and pray that it is not. Please, Lord, don't let it be. Because if it does, if it is McCarthy, then we will still be stuck in the mud, right. spinning our wheel. Well, I'm not going to disagree going with you. Going nowhere. Going nowhere. Right. I got to run, Steve. I appreciate the call as usual. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. That's why I, I was kind of saying that the other day. What's this? I want the tools, or I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. Chip Roy, he's a badass. He's the one they, they can't get into his head. Cornyn got, Cornyn got sucked into the methane, man. <laughs> he did. He got sucked down into the swamp, into the gurgly, gurgly depths of the swamp, but not Chip. And not Jim Jordan. I mean, I... I you know, I, I still get a lot of respect for Jim Jordan. I think he does. He's. he's uh, I think we're right in, in our estimation with with Trey that uh, he does much better at the committee level, investigating uh, uh, the swamp, if you will. But uh, again, uh, I, now as far as Trey, I did. I got to say this. I found out something very disturbing about my partner on the air today, and I may have to go to HR. I'm just. I'm saying I might have to go to HR with this one. I'm loath to do that, but I may have to, uh, James and Don. It's it's National Spaghetti Day, and I I love spaghetti. I love pasta. I love Italian food. If I, in fact, if I ate all the Italian food that I truly want to eat, I'd I'd be Brendan Fraser in the whale. I'd be that guy. <laughs> I'd be obese because I freaking love pasta. But I don't know how it came out. I guess we were talking about you know that's National Spaghetti Day, and, and Trey happened to mention that he cuts his spaghetti. He, he uses a, he cuts his spaghetti down to, I guess, smaller bite-sized portions. You don't you don't cut spaghetti. Oh, come on, no, James. Matter. This is serious. You don't cut spaghetti. I break you mine, don't cut spaghetti. I break mine in half before I boil no, you it. Don't. Well, but that's one thing. It's before you boil it. Yes. You you don't cut spaghetti when it's done. There's a lot of Italian grandmothers out there that spent their entire lives coming up with their peculiar way of making homemade, you know, homemade noodles. Coming up, spending decades developing this, the the perfect pasta sauce. Just so what? Some race car driving cowpoke can start chopping it up with a butter knife? No. I'm disappointed. I got to turn my back on him now. I may have to talk to HR. You know he cuts his pasta. It's just wrong, man. You twist it. You twist it, man. How do you put it in the bread for a sandwich? You don't put spaghetti in a sandwich. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, wait till you get the phone call. You get a spaghetti sandwich. Spaghetti sandwich you? is you amazing. You dip your bread. That's one thing. No, spaghetti sandwich. No. You'll make a sandwich out of spaghetti. Watch. I'm going to get calls. We're going to get calls. People do you make packing. anybody out there have a spaghetti sandwich? The next day, spaghetti. Mm, in a sandwich. 210-599-5555. Don Morgan's a vegan. He knows not to cut his pasta. Just saying, man. You don't cut your pasta. You don't cut your spaghetti. You twirl it. It's elegant. It's like a dance between man and food. You don't just hack it up with a freaking butter knife. All right. 210-599-5555, and Sean Dork. on News Talk, News Talk 550 KTSA. Yeah, man, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 107. Well, I'm Sean. Hi. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday already, man. And the uh, phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. Well, another uh, bit of history was made yesterday. The state of Missouri uh, executed uh, a, it was the first state, I think, to execute a transgender woman for the 2003 murder of his then ex-girlfriend, Amber McLaughlin, 49 years of age, was uh, executed, executed via uh, uh, lethal injection yesterday. Um, well, I, I don't want to spend the whole day talking about freaking psycho killers, okay? But I, there's a point to this, all right? So th- th- this person uh, was a man who had a girlfriend 
And uh, at some point, uh, this man uh, raped and murdered his ex-girlfriend. That's what he's convicted of. Um, I, I think his original name was uh, oh, Scott. Scott McLaughlin was the original name of this dude. This dude transitions in prison after being convicted of killing his girlfriend. And then magically becomes Amber. Uh, I, I'm assuming uh, this person uh, was placed in a, a a female prison at that point. I don't know. Yeah, actually, I do know because uh, some folks in uh, the uh, cellmates or people that knew this person in prison, and there are women have said that he, she, Shim, really just became so happy with herself once she transitioned. And I know we're all getting kind of trannied out here, uh, to be honest with you, I am. Uh, I, I think there's something else at play here. And let me just throw this by you uh, and, and see. I'm not going to say this is true of everyone. Um, but a lot of transgendered people also are not gay. They're, they're straight, and they maintain their sexuality even after they transition. I think there's a fair enough people. And I think this is one of the reasons why they're they're targeting kids pre-adolescence, uh, because you you and I both know that the adolescent chapter of our lives is the most vulnerable and insecure moment of our lives. I think a lot of people that transition just don't want to be who they are anymore. Um, <laughs> that sounds freaking awful to, to some people, I imagine. But this used to be a different kind of process for folks. And now it's you can just sort of wake up one day and that's who you are. And again, I'm not saying it's true of everyone because that's too broad of a brush. Get it? I said broad. You know what I mean. I think some people transition because they just don't want to be who they are anymore. And in a sense... It's it's just easier to to just wipe the whole slate clean and look at me. I'm a whole new damn person. I was this person all along. I don't know who that other jerk was, but now I'm me. And uh, I, I I think culture, the culture and the politics of it are really playing into this as well. Uh, I, I, I don't, in other words, I don't think this guy, and the thing is, once you do transition, the whole freaking country, at least culturally, from a media standpoint, politically supports it. This person in this article who transitioned in jail after being convicted of murdering his girlfriend is referred to a her and gets all the proper pronouns. And uh, I, I really think a lot of folks who are who are doing this just you know, and I and I'm not saying that because I don't have some some issues that I'm dealing with as far as how I see myself and what my insecurities are. And I'm not preaching to you from Mount Olympus. I'm preaching to you actually from the standpoint of somebody who does have a lot of stuff to still work out as far as who I am on planet Earth. You know what I mean? And I think for some people, maybe sometimes that gets so freaking overwhelming, they just want to be somebody else. The problem is a lot of that crap follows with you. <laughs> a lot of that stuff that was bugging you about yourself, that maybe made you want to become the opposite gender, okay? as maybe some kind of psychological or emotional escape route, all right? The crap that puts you on that path, it's going to follow you into the new gender. Why? Because you haven't dealt with it. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Plus, I think a lot of dudes in jail uh, like to transition because I guess they feel they'll have, they'll have an easier time of it uh, in, in the ladies' prison than in the dudes' prison. I don't know. But anyway, now Missouri holds the historical... Uh, uh, it, it owns the history of executing the first transgendered person. So there you go. Bzz. Two one zero. Actually, it wasn't an electric chair. Again, it was a it was a lethal injection. What a happy show this has been so far. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. If you have any uh, reaction to what I'm saying there, 
Uh, let me know. We'll take a little break. We'll come back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The news that's hot. Extraordinarily hot situation right now. Minutes away at the top on Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat. News Talk 550, KTSA FM 1071. Uh, so I guess Trump may be going back on, or I guess his Facebook account is going to be uh, opened up again after being banned. Soon they have to determine if he's still a public health threat by posting crap on Facebook, I guess, before the Facebook uh, goes active. Um, I, you know, I got Facebook on my mind. My, this is kind of interesting. This is just a, as a side note. Um, cause I, you, you know, me, my, my, my whole relationship with social media has been kind of a love hate thing. And, uh, and even now I, 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 I'm still on Facebook. I don't do anything else. I, I, I considered going on Twitter, but I just, I, you know, I, I just don't want it. I think social media is freaking rewiring our freaking brains, and not for a good reason. And I'm on Facebook every single stinking day. I'm on it right now. But I'm trying to do less, and especially the personal stuff. And And last night, I actually had a conversation with my daughter, who's now a grown woman. I'll be graduating college soon. And at first, it kind of bothered me because she said, you know, I'm going to close out my Facebook account soon because I just don't use it. Uh, and you know, I, and I'll be honest with you too. It's, it's always been kind of a love hate thing, having my daughter on Facebook because you know what I do for a living and I, I don't, you know, I don't know, especially as she get older, if, if she's always that comfortable with, with people sort of automatically knowing that instead of her having the option to tell them what I do for a living, because it is very controversial and our politics are a smidge different. (laughs) Just a smidge at this point. And, uh, uh, you know, I have an open page, so, you know, anybody can see what's on my Facebook page. So it's not like she won't see what I'm doing on Facebook. But I think also uh, this coming year, uh, if I have a resolution, another one would be to really sort of kind of continue on this track of 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 keeping social media in a certain place in my life and not having it dominate everything and uh uh because i i really do think there's something very unhealthy going on with the social media stuff uh and yet we're all on it i'm not trying again i'm not preaching to you from mount olympus i'm i'm on facebook but i just I think less social media is probably a better thing than more social media is what I'm trying to tell you from a freaking mental health standpoint. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, as far as Donald Trump being back on Facebook, I don't care. Uh, Again, I had spent about a week contemplating doing a Twitter thing. And I know because of what I do for a living, I also need, it's it's a good, the, the social media, the Facebook, at least doing the Facebook is a cool thing. I know I stay in contact with a lot of you in this regard. So I don't know if I'm, if it's, you know, a doable thing for me to just at some point stop altogether. But I do want to uh, be even more restrictive and do even less. I think it's rewiring our freaking brains, James. It's what you do with it. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, most of my stuff is sarcastic posts. And you do a pictures, lot of sarcastic stuff. <laughs> and pictures of food. But you want to get it. You get into it with people. Oh. And you, you like to see people react. It is my favorite thing. And I, I used to do that, and I can't do that anymore. I don't do that. Get a nice glass Nothing of wrong wine. Nothing with it. Nice glass of wine and duke it out with people oh, on social media. Just knives in the back and poking <laughs> James bears. Will, James will send me like screen grabs <laughs> I do. of his freaking <laughs> internet arguments. They're and entertaining. I like it and that's cool. It's like, well, you're doing that, so I can kind of watch and, and, and get a kick out of it, you know? <laughs> I forgot I'd do that. <laughs> it's hilarious. But I, I just, you know, I, I just, I, I want to... I want to find a nice little box to keep, you know, fa- social media in in my life, if that makes sense. Well, you're tweaking it this year. I mean, yeah, I'm tweaking know. it this year, 
And I've already kind of stopped doing a lot of the kinds of things I used to. I used to get a lot, you know, much more personal on, on Facebook, and I'm not doing that as much. You want to find out about my stinging life, read my stinging books. <laughs> and listen here on KTSA. And listen here for four hours a day between where and Rima and this little show. I think I'm exposed enough. <laughs> I want to. I want to start focusing on my brain, my own brain, and spirituality and things like that, and the physical health. I still is always a thing that I got to focus on. And uh, so maybe a little less social media. So at first, when my kid said she was going to cancel out her Facebook, and one of the reasons, frankly, was because of what I do for a living. At first, it was kind of like, uh, ow, <laughs> ow, baby. My own blood. Twist the knife a little. But then after I thought about it, and frankly, after I had a conversation with my conversation with my wife, I've always kind of worried about that anyway. You okay. know what I mean? About her, you know, she's got her social media she does in other regards that, you know, I'm not a part of, so that's fine. And you don't want it to affect y'all's relationship as father and daughter? Well, I don't. It's it's it's, it's not that. It's, we don't talk politics, you know, and the couple times we have didn't go well. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, you're right. I don't, I, I'm just more concerned about. We live in a culture now of of trolling and targeting and outrage and you know, especially at this chapter of her life, I'm I'm kind of fine with, you know. It, it, and she's told me before, like I I like to be able to tell people what you do for a living and not have to find out. <laughs> it's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back uh, six minutes after 10 on News Talk 550, KTSA. I'm Sean. This is my dumb little show, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. The House is reconvened now as far as the, the, the uh, yet another vote on uh, Speaker of the House. Um, as you know, we had, uh, ultimately 20, uh, reps that, uh, went against or decided to vote for Jim Jordan yesterday, as opposed to this McCarthy guy, uh, who is largely considered an establishment dude. He's been wanting to be, you know, speaker of the house for, for over a decade that he's been working towards those ends and 20 people, uh, 20 reps decided to, uh, uh, not support him and to essentially, by, in my opinion, by voting for Jim Jordan, who doesn't want the gig, who himself supports McCarthy, you were able to put it off till here we are today. And they probably had some meetings last night. Uh, so we'll see how the proceedings go today uh, with uh, with Representative uh, McCarthy and the gavel and all that stuff. I, I think ultimately he does. I agree with Trey. Ultimately, he becomes Speaker of the House. But at least you do have a feisty little group of people who uh, are, are at least going to try to get some concessions. I don't know how closely you're following it, uh, following this. It's it seems like you have two groups of people, and we've heard from folks on both sides. And I'm kind of straddling the fence on this one, in that um, McCarthy is uh, an establishment guy. Uh, people keep speaking of Paul Ryan, who was a big disappointment. John Boehner, who was a big fat freaking disappoint, uh, disappointment during the, the the battle over Obamacare back in the day. And they're all saying, well, he's just going to be another guy like this. So it's, it's good that these folks are standing up against this stuff, this establishment swampy stuff. And then you have the folks on the other side who are saying, well, but this is the problem. Democrats, to a person, all supported their choice, uh, all ships sailing in the same direction. Once again, they can point to Republicans and say, look how divided they, divided they are. The Republican Party is in chaos. And I think both sides, to a certain extent, are right. There, there's my fancy opinion. Two one zero five. I I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens today. Again, ultimately, I think he does become Speaker of the House. But the 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 problems, and that certainly it's an important position. Obviously, when you're you're basically setting the debate agenda for what gets brought up, what doesn't. You know, as Trey points out, there's a lot of fundraising involved. Uh, in that regard, you're also the face of the House of Representatives. I, I get it. 
face and voice or what have you. But uh, uh, I, uh, again, a lot of this is political, and it's all about getting him to go on record promising some things. So that I guess, uh, as Speaker of the House, if he doesn't pull, if he doesn't uh, come through on some of that stuff, these con- so-called concessions, well, then, then we can come back and say we got you, on, we got you on record saying that's what you would do. Uh, so we'll take two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Um, Jason, how you doing? Hey, Rhymster, yeah, great show. Hey, God bless hey, you. A couple things. You know, everybody says, oh, it's just a. A token position. No, it's not that. No. Yeah, I I know. I disagree. Look, Pelosi, she wielded a mighty hammer. She did the January 6th committee, and she picked all the folks on the committee herself. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying it's a it's a there's nothing to the gig. No, it's it's a it's a it's it's a pretty important position. You're the third most. You're the you're basically the third most most powerful person in the country. Well, yeah, and maybe. Maybe the first or second. Right. You know the vice president's not powerful. Well, that's true. Right. You know the speaker's got. If you're a good, strong speaker and you got support, you can get stuff done. Sure. You know, but and and that's the same thing. You know, everybody goes, "Well, Pelosi, they all got behind her." Yeah, and and she made a lot of things happen for the libs. Yes, she you did. Know, and that, that's the deal. You you know you mentioned Boehner. You know, milk toast. You know, I, Ryan was the same way. I think the I think the key is. These 20 guys called him out, okay, and basically have told the American public, uh, we're putting him on notice. He'll get he'll get elected. I mean, it's him sure. or Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries. I got it. Right, but right. The thing is, you know, everybody goes, oh, like Hannity, oh, get behind him. Well, wait a minute. Let's call him out first. Now, Jim Jordan doesn't want it. That's the first sign sure. to make him, right? The guy that doesn't want it is the guy that you want to put in there. But he's going to get stuff done. Jim Jordan also supports McCarthy. So how do you how do you get around that? Well, right, but but because he's saying, hey, that's what he's telling the American public behind closed doors. You know, they're going to try and hold him a standard, and I got it. Look, I'm not a McCarthy fan. However, he's better than Akeem Jeffries. But I think I think what uh, Chip Roy and all these guys are doing is what we want them. Right. There's 20 folks that have said, "Hey, you ain't it, okay? You'll probably get elected, but we're going to hold you to task and call you out in front of the American public." Well, which they didn't do that with Ryan. They didn't this do is true. that with McCain. You know. And I, once again, I, I it, once to again, just that. to jump in, it gets him on record as making certain promises as far as how he's going to conduct himself. Right. Right, 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 and you know, and and the key is they need to get behind him. And everybody goes, "Oh, the Republicans aren't united." That's good, you know. Discourse is good behind the scenes, but at the end of the day, they all need to get behind him, okay, and fight him behind closed doors. Right, um, right, agreed. But uh, he, we need to get on with it and get these guys elected so they can start investigating the Biden syndicate. <laughs> I agree. That's got to be job number one, and then get Fauci in a cage somewhere too. I appreciate the call, Jason, man. Thank you so much, brother. 210-599-5555. Ladies and gentlemen, I am asking for us to come together and figure out how to solve these problems. And to do that, I'm going to do what I did my very first act as a member of Congress or as a congressman-elect and nominate Jim Jordan for speaker. Now, Jim has said he doesn't want that nomination, and Jim has been down here nominating Kevin, and I respect that. And again, I have no personal animus towards Kevin, and I've worked for the last two months to try to figure out how to get the rules to make this place better, and we've made progress. Chip Roy, yeah, we, I mean, I like him. But making progress, that's making what I progress. like. They are working behind it. This is a delay yeah. tactic, and now McCarthy has to play fair with his fellow Republicans. He does. And uh, and they and everybody knows it. I mean, everybody knows that's what's going on. And it's good, good. You know, I'm, I, overall, it's a good thing. Uh, let's just get, get her done. <laughs> let's just get her done. I, I actually have another story that's popped up that I and we got calls. If you want to uh, respond to anything you've heard about this uh, Kevin McCarthy thing and the speaker speakership two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. But um, this story is just now uh, kind of making its way around. Uh, I'm seeing it on Daily Wire on uh, uh, Ben Shapiro's site. 
And now this is an, is an interesting case to kind of uh, toss around here, and, and uh, we'll, we'll do this. I'll get into this more when we get back uh, after the break because I want to take some calls here. But it has to do with a movie from 1968, the movie Romeo and Juliet, directed by Franco Zeffirelli, who most people know uh, both by Romeo and Juliet and also uh, he directed Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the, the, the famous uh, 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 miniseries about the life of Christ with Robert Powell, Lawrence Olivier, and all kinds of folks. And uh, he, he's having an issue, a legal... He's dead, by the way. <laughs> Franco Zeffirelli died uh, in 20-something. Uh, and But he's having issue... The, the, the uh, studio, Paramount Pictures, is having issue with a couple of actors from the 1968 version of Romeo and Juliet. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. But first, here's Pierce. Pierce, how you doing? I'm man. How are you? Not too bad, man. What are you thinking? Uh, not too much. I I just tuned into the show, so I'm I'm not uh I don't know what's going on with anything, but I just wanted to bring to your attention that the uh, the Lausanne Treaty uh, from World War One is ending this year. So I think we're going to be in a different political climate than before. Um, what is this now? I, I didn't catch that first part. The Lausanne Treaty uh, from World War One. Right. It's it's expiring this year, so I think we're going to be in a much different political climate than we currently are in. Um, as far as the the government of Turkey has been very vocal about uh, certain things, such as the imprisonment of the Uyghur Muslims in China. So I think it's going to come to a point where uh, where we're kind of you know standing on our heads trying to figure out what to do because we claim to be the superpower, but there's still imprisonment camps going on, but we have so much to do with China, especially with our current... Well, they own and operate our current president, so, you know, he's obviously yeah. not going to be doing anything about work camps or, or gulags in China anytime soon. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I, you're right. I mean, this is the... this. I, I had to kind of refresh my brain here a second historically, but this is the treaty that was signed at the end of World War One. Uh, which kind of uh, diced up the world as far as who got what via the Ottoman Ottoman Empire and what they lost, and uh, uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, uh, really kind of pissed a lot of people off at the end of World War One, uh, who felt that certain parts of the Middle East were were going to be free or given their autonomy, and they really weren't, and. Uh, so you yeah I mean I I I get what you're saying so, so uh, you know China and and if we're supposed to be a superpower if we're supposed to be the people who uh uh saved the world a couple of times especially in World War II then we should be able to, to do something about the human rights abuses is that what you're saying around the world and definitely, yet uh, we're we're not really doing that or able to do it and or or there's no will to do it Especially with yeah, China, exactly. There's no will. Yeah, we need a Lawrence. <laughs> they, we, maybe we do. Maybe we do need a, another uh, another Lawrence. Uh, I appreciate the call. Actually, one of my heroes from history, uh, uh, Seven Pillars of Wisdom, is a great weed read. Uh, as far as uh, 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 diplomacy and, and things of that nature, and just as a great historical record uh, of the Arab Revolt. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Wow, I just sounded so smart. That caller made me sound so smart. This treaty's in French, and it's long. I know. I didn't read the treaty. I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I had to remind myself. But, yeah, this was the uh, this was the treaty at the end uh, of World War One that kind of sliced up the Middle East. And Let's go to uh, Joshua real quick. Joshua, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, sir. Um about this McCarthy thing, uh, and I actually responded to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who you know about it too. The way I look at it, I don't trust the guy, but he has made promises, and I I feel like since he gave that concession for the uh, where where five Republicans can basically oust him, right, or whatever, <clears throat> um, then I think they need to just go ahead, let him in, because I'd rather have him than a Democrat as Speaker, and then if he doesn't keep his promises, hold him accountable for well, yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's the point of all this stuff that's going on now is you get him on record, right? You get him on record saying, well, I'll do that. Well, I'll agree to this. Well, I'll agree to that. 
Uh, so yeah, you know, and I, I, I suspect, I appreciate the call, man. I suspect it will be done today. I suspect this will be the last day we're going to deal with this because yeah, they're, they're trying to get him to agree to certain things before they go ahead and throw their support behind him. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, man. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. How in the hell are you? Uh, let me just get into this. This is kind of an interesting story. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, again, we uh, we have a, a movie from 1968. It's the film version of Romeo and Juliet by Franco Zeffirelli. It was uh, one of his earlier movies. Uh, and probably the first movie that really brought him into prominence as a filmmaker uh, in the mid-70s or 1977. He did the uh, the miniseries Jesus of Nazareth, which, you know, is pretty good. One of my, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid. Powerful stuff. Even though Jesus and most of his dudes probably didn't have blue eyes and British accents. Uh, he did Tea with Mussolini. He did uh, the Mel Gibson version of Hamlet back in the early 90s. But he's very well known for Romeo and Juliet. And uh, the actors who played Romeo and Juliet, Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whitey, who were 15 and 16 years of age when they made the movie in 1968, they're now both in their early 70s and are suing Paramount Pictures. They just filed this lawsuit on Friday. Uh, claiming that director Franco Zeffirelli, who died in 2019, he was 96. I don't know if you've read Romeo and Juliet recently, but there's some racy bits there. And the actors claimed they were told there would be no actual nudity in the film. They had a bedroom scene to do. They would wear flesh-colored underwear because, again, they were teenagers They're claiming in the lawsuit that, again, dude's dead, man. (laughs) Uh, Lawsuit says that as filming came to a close, Zeffirelli asked them both to perform nude with body makeup, saying it's the only way the picture's going to work. And their uh, business manager, the actors, uh, Tony Maranazzi, uh, said what they were told and what they were... what they were told and what went on were two different things. They trusted Franco at 16 as actors. They took his lead that he would not violate that trust they had. Franco was their friend, and frankly, at 16, what did they do? They, they had no options. There was no hashtag me too. Um, <laughs> you know... I, I got to you're in your 70s man you you had the long time <laughs> to to make these claims and and file lawsuits and several years after the the dude is dead and you're both in your early 70s now is when you want to you want to get some money from Paramount now You know, uh, I haven't God, I haven't seen that movie since I was a teenager. I think I saw it in high school. I think we showed it in high. Somebody showed it. A teacher showed it in high school. I don't remember watching it on my own. These people are picking a bad time to sue Hollywood. They're losing money left and they right. They are, man. <laughs> this is not. The movies ain't doing well right now. If you've noticed, I mean, you got a few big chunks, but that's about it. You got Tom Cruise out there. But Hollywood ain't Avalon, which they were rolling the dice on big time, has tanked. I think Avatar is actually doing well, uh, based upon how vastly it's distributed. I guess would be the the reason it's making money. But yeah, Hollywood ain't actually doing all that. This is not maybe the time you should have got this done a few years back. I think it's a little late now, Olivia. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a little late loud now, Olivia. I think you know. Sorry, sweetheart. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. 
Hey, uh, you know, yesterday was a great, was a very cool day for me. Uh, I, uh, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I, I got anywhere, anywhere anytime. anytime, and it's just wherever you need it. You can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <clears throat> yeah, man. News Talk Five Fifty KTSA FM One Zero Seven One. Sean. Very quickly, I haven't made a big deal out of this because I, I, I just am not, I don't know. I, I put out a new book of poems that's on Amazon and uh, quietly. And uh, I, I just sold a copy today, James, so someone is going to be reading that damn thing, and I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I've, read, I've read a bunch of it. It's the most personal thing I've ever written, and so it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a little makes you a little... <laughs> Yeah, some of those I skipped. <laughs> so we'll see. It's available. It's called Gethsemane. I called it Gethsemane because uh, a lot of the poems deal with uh, my stay in the hospital. And uh, uh, being in a hospital room for weeks, is, is it's kind of like being in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's kind of how it, it – not, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus or anything like that. It's just you're in this this place – and you spend a lot of time alone, and there's a lot of time to sort of think and pray and talk to God, and so that's why I I, I named it that, because I had, I had always spoke of my hospital rooms as being in the Garden of Gethsemane, and you know, did you write any poems about Jello? Did I write any poems about <laughs> Jello? <laughs> no, that was the book before. I think there were some Jello wrestling. Yeah, poems you see, in now I knew you were going to go there with that. Because I did wrestle, a, I yeah, wrestled we, a stripper in yeah, Jello. We know, and part of my radio career in yeah. Colorado Springs. Yeah, we we knew that. It's very cold and very sticky to wrestle anyone in Jello. But we wanted, what I wanted to know is why you were in the hospital and possibly eating copious amounts of Jello. Did oh, you write well, a to- did you write a poem about it? Well, I wrote a poem about being in a, a lot of poem about being in. A, I don't know what you, what do you, by eating Jello. No, okay, I ate some Jello in the hospital. Right. Actually, the pasta at St. Luke's wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, St. Luke's had the best food, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I traveled throughout this entire medical system, sweetheart, in my four and a half months. So anyway, that book's out there. Somebody's bought a copy. Somebody's going to read it, and I'm scared. So there you go. Well, maybe they should be scared. They should be. Yeah. It's a weird little book. But that's uh, the beauty of it, though. <laughs> it's not like anything else that's out there. No, it certainly is not. <laughs> it's my first publication. He's immortalized. He's got a poem in there that he, not only that he a short poem he wrote that I put in after a poem I wrote for you. <laughs> Don Morgan's immortalized too because I based a character on him in uh, the mystery book I wrote. Oh, that French dude. Uh, Don Morgan. He's no, the he's the, the he's the, the medical examiner in, in, in the other book. <laughs> Boston, Massachusetts medical examiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I try to immortalize everyone, you know, in, in, in poems and in the books. So I made about 60 bucks last year. Hey. My total literary effort. So, you know, it's, it's plenty of chili cheese it's, dogs. It's my plan B, okay? Right. I don't need this radio thing, man. I got poetry books out there, okay? Yeah. Take that, Dave Ramsey. Right. <laughs> hey, could you imagine floating that crap past Dave Ramsey? He'd roll his Sean, eyes. Sean, that, Sean, let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> I first met you when you were divorced and you first came to San Antonio. And you asked me for some uh, financial advice, and I said, well, just start, start stuffing money in that emergency account. Did you do that? Uh, no, Dave. Uh, what is your plan now? You're 55. Now, do you have a plan for retirement? Yeah, yeah I'm really kind of betting it on the uh, the Powerball and the poetry books. I think that's a double shot. You know, I got the Powerball. The two keys. And, and the poetry books. Right. Okay. Dave, so I think I'll be fine for retirement, all right? And I think I'm branching out into Mega Millions this weekend. I might give so. me a Mega Millions, you know, but I I, uh, I, got the po- I always got the poetry book thing going. So no worries, buddy. No worries. Got it handled. Flush with cash over there. Look at that. <laughs> Old money bags rhyme. I can walk out of here anytime I want, okay, because I got, I got at least six pub- published poetry books uh, got, on, online there. I got a bank full of screw-you money right here. That's right. Yeah. I get royalties. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, 
They're because of the books that I, uh, that I buy. <laughs> it's kind of like income taxes, right? right? I'm just getting my own stinking money back because I buy my own books, and I get paid a royalty on that. You're your number one fan. <laughs> I am. It's crazy. <laughs> Nobody likes my stuff more than me. Oh, come on. I've, I've, I've purchased some of your poetry books. Yes, you have. and I, That's true, Send you have. Send it to family and friends. Oh, God. Oftentimes, they'll tune in, and they're like, what's up with that rhyme guy? Here, look at this. I'm like, I wish I knew. <laughs> you know, how about if I just buy one of his poetry books for you? Yeah, that'd be great. See how completely yeah. screwed up he is. There right. you go. And then they want to make sure that we're in separate rooms. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame him. Yeah. I can't blame him. So, anyway. Awesome. Well, congratulations called, on the sale of your poetry. Well, thank you. It's called, I sold one copy. Yeah, it's called Gethsemane. Book of poems, a lot of cussing. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, 210 Abundanza. If you don't like the book, you can always eat it. If uh, you know things get tight. <laughs> yeah. We know some people that have rolled them up and smoked them. So. Some people have. <laughs> it's quite the buzz. <laughs> it's something about the ink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. 210 Actually, it's very cool. Let me mention this, too, because my buddy Randy, uh, who's always out there listening, he did the uh, some of the photography for it. We got some great photography driving around Texas one day uh, and up at Echo Hill and stuff. Oh, great area. And uh, Kathleen Hudson, who was a professor uh, out of Shriner University and is kind of an outlaw chick. And we all, you know, Kinky and Willie and all those guys. And she wrote the foreword for it. So that's kind of cool. Very cool. It's a very disturbing book. Anyway, um, we get callers. I guess they want to talk about the show and stuff. Talk about the news. I'm trying to talk about my stupid poetry books nobody reads. Here's uh, here's (laughs) Debbie. How you doing, Debbie? Hi, Sean. Good morning. Y'all are so funny. Why, thank you. I love it. (laughs) Hey, I just... I wanted to talk to you about the Southwest Airlines. Oh yeah, mishap all this week. Yeah, from that. Yeah, right. I and I would on Christmas Eve, on Christmas night, we were supposed to go to Colorado Springs, your favorite place, <laughs> and we went to San Antonio Airport. Supposed to be there at five. Our plane was supposed to leave at seven. We kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. We finally got on. Well, ten of us. I'm, Eight of us got on the plane. When my husband and I tried to get on the plane, they said we were canceled. Mm. And we're going, we didn't cancel. Well, the computer canceled you. Right. You know, we're going, no, that's not right. So anyway, I wanted to let you know, there was a lady stuck in the airport for four days with her children. Good God. Trying to get out. Yeah. And so a young man comes running to the teller and says, there's 19 empty seats on the airplane. Well, I won't tell you all the other stuff that happened, but it, it was crazy. So I, you know, I finally said, okay, well, y'all, y'all can go ahead and get on the plane. <laughs> we flew to Denver not to, and only to say that all flights were canceled to Colorado Springs. We're going, well, we want our luggage. They said that we don't have any luggage. It's lost. So you're, wow. So you were going to hop, what, a flight to Colorado Springs from Denver? Yes, sir. Okay. Because we were supposed to drive from Colorado Springs to Silverthorne. Oh, okay. All right. Cause, yeah, because from Denver to Colorado okay. Springs is about uh, an hour. An hour. Yeah, an yeah. hour drive Yeah. on I-25 so there. Anyway, we had to get a hotel, rent a car. The next morning, we, we drove to Colorado Springs mm. thinking our luggage <clears throat> is there. Oh, no. And they canceled all flights. All flights. Ah, that sucks. I, I got to, I got to take a break. I got some thoughts on that, some stuff that I heard about what went down at Southwest that I want to bring up when we get back. Trade, and I appreciate the call. Trade kind of touched on this a few days ago. 210-599-5555. Uh, it, it might, in other words, you know what? It, 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 this has been a horrible experience for Southwest, but I tell you what, it might be a good thing overall. Uh, as far as uh, uh, where they take the uh, the business next. Uh, uh, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. The latest news, traffic, and weather are minutes away at the top of the hour. As you will learn next, that is what's happening on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Uh, that woman, uh, Debbie, you called up and uh, was telling us her, her horror story 
of dealing with Southwest last week and trying to get to Colorado Springs from Denver and, and you know, flights being canceled. It, it certainly was a huge mess and uh, really messed a lot of people up. And I, I, I don't know any of this for a fact, but some of the things that I've been hearing, and I think Trey had mentioned this the other day, that for the longest time at Southwest, you had a style of leadership uh, and I don't know. I don't know any of these people's names, so I'm not going to uh, uh, start trotting out names of stuff. But you had a, a CEO who was in charge for many years, who was very uh, uh, focused on operations, right? Meaning, what are the employees telling me? Uh, how, how's our service to our customers? You know, what do we need? How do we need to improve stuff to improve service? And 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 that kind of style of of leadership and manager. Uh, a manager managerial philosophy, which is probably the best way to go with any business, really. And at some point, I don't know if it's because that guy retired, there was a, 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 a change in leadership, and it became more of a financial thing. Well, we're flush with money. We're making a lot of cash. We've got a great bottom line. Let's kind of focus on that. And apparently, you know, there were some things that kind of fell by the wayside. One of those, allegedly, again, I don't know any of this for a fact, is that the, the system's computer systems they were using, I'm hearing, were a little out of date. Uh, it hadn't been upgraded in a while, and a long time, in fact, and, and uh, it was a complaint from a lot of employees that, you know, we get a glitch here and we're going to have some real trouble, and apparently you get a winter storm uh, of historic proportions. Uh, it just, it, I think what I'm hearing is that a lot of these systems just failed. And uh, they had no way to really communicate with employees and and and, and that, things of that nature. I, again, alleged. I don't know. Something I'm hearing. Uh, which means because I, I I had a problem thinking it was the uh, uh, chain of supply stuff because the airplanes. Uh, Trey and I have talked about this before, and he would know because he's a big aviation guy that the planes aren't short of fuel. The planes are getting the fuel they need. Uh, I think it's Southwest. I don't know if they have a pilot shortage uh, like you're seeing at other places. I don't know. Uh, plus, Southwest, because of its business model of offering cheaper flights and stuff, is much more insular than a lot of these other airlines are. They kind of work hand-in-hand with each other. So, you know, if you have an antiquated computer system and something like a winter storm comes up, and plus you have a, a time of the year when a whole lot of people want to travel, Apparently, this was a problem that they a lot of people had seen coming, and it just nothing was done about it. So now, if that's what the problem was, I think we'll be seeing some upgrades fairly quickly, and you know, uh, to their computer systems or their operating systems. So, I'm just glad I didn't have to fly anywhere last week. To be honest with you, I, I did, I'm kind of really thankful I didn't have to go anywhere because apparently it really was a just a mess. I booked a flight yesterday. For yeah. this for this summer, I've got a wedding in Mexico. I got to go to right. I went Delta. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I always use Southwest. I've always used because when, especially flying my kid back and forth, I've always used Southwest. So you know, I, I don't I don't have to. I'm not flying. I was gonna. I got my daughter's graduation is in uh, I think May, but I was actually planning on making a road trip out of it. So I might just drive up there. To Colorado. Yeah. And not worry about the the airlines. It's a great time to do yeah, that. It's yeah, it is. it's a beautiful drive. Yeah, great because you kind of cut the corner of New Mexico there, and you're yeah. in New Mexico for a little while, uh, and then you kind of come up, uh, obviously from the the su- southwestern edge of Colorado, and, and and make your way up through the mountains. It's and a uh, beautiful area. Yeah, and I, I haven't I taken a road prefer, trip in a while, so I, I think I might do that. that. Smart choice. I would prefer that as a road trip anyway. Yeah, it, it's yeah. beautiful if you've got some time. If you, you don't have, if you don't, it, but not in the winter time. You got to do oh, it when there's no chance. Yeah, that hey. your ass is going to get stranded up there in the front range. Yeah, notice I didn't drive to Canada in the winter time. <laughs> right, I drove up there in October. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't know that I'll be flying anywhere for a while. But uh, you know, that's the way. It, it was a very bad week for Southwest, and just like you and me, when we have a bad week, it's an opportunity to evolve and learn. So there you go. <laughs> I never do that, by the way, but I mean, I've been saying, no. you know, that's what you're supposed to do. You have the opportunity. I have the opportunity to evolve and learn. I just choose usually not to. Um, <laughs> de-evolve and get dumb. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Why I'm not? Like, well, with my life, I'm kind of like the guy who, uh, 
goes to the convenience store and he's got a notebook full of scribbles and he's got a system for winning the lottery. Yeah. Never wins Never the lottery. Wins, right. Never even wins a $10 scratch off. Well, you okay, know, that's me. I just keep doing the same crap over and over again, hoping I'll, I'll get some kind of different result. But. Well, you know, Rima, that just says to me, you are happy with who you are. And <laughs> I don't know. God bless you for it. I don't know if I'm happy with who I am or if I'm just stuck with who I am. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Anyway, read, read the book. It's all in there, man. <laughs> You want to know anything about me? Nothing's hidden. Between all the books of poetry, there's the two of them, the rearview mirror poems, and this one, Gethsemane. You you know anything you want to know about me right there. Man, next, next Ain't nothing hidden. Look, include photos of your colonoscopy next time so we can really hey, get an in-depth look. N- into... Maybe I did already in this one, all right? <laughs> I'm not telling you. you there's, a lot of, there's a lot of imagery in this particular book. you got to buy it to find out. So you got to buy it to find out if you get to see up my colon. <laughs> you keep James, it. isn't that a fun procedure? You've had that done. Oh, I slept so good. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it, was, it was a great nap, and afterwards they tell you, you nap? just yeah. keep sleeping. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the thing with the balloon, man. Ain't nobody sleeping when they inflate that balloon. He enjoyed yeah. it so much he smoked a cigarette after. <laughs> no, the, the balloon. the doctor, call me. The, <laughs> yeah. the balloon thing was an the experience. The balloon thing is not fun, no. Right. No, it's not. But the fun. camera procedure, you're asleep for it. Well, that's different. Yeah. Oh, I slept it's great. Just, you know, that's different. But the but the 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 balloon thing, no. Beautiful dreams. Balloon thing. There's no beautiful dreams. <laughs> no. And just so you know, whenever a doctor says to you, you may feel some pressure here. <laughs> what they're what they really mean to say is, this is going to really freaking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the the response, you're going to feel some pressure, and the old joke is, on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> the show. Thank you, James. <laughs> Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. <laughs>